You're listening to a podcast from www.aussiewriters.com.au where we celebrate talented Australian writers and their books. Well, today I am with Sarah Mason, who happens to be the director, uh, new uh, director of the ACT Writers' Centre. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. I'm very excited to have a Writers' Centre person um, talking to our listeners because I think that um, all writers should be in touch with their local Writers' Centre. So let's learn uh, a little bit about um, what you do for writers. But before we go there, I would love to know your background. So, as a child, you were obviously a reader, correct? Correct. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about your journey in books. How far back? Do we go back to childhood? Why not? (laughs) Okay, let's do it. All the way back. Um, So, I can pinpoint a particular time when I was reading more. Right. And I was always a reader, but when I was eight my mother decided that we'd move to the UK and where were you where were you we were living in Canberra oh in Canberra we were um and we landed in London jumped on a bus and the first bus that came along was on its way to Oxford so that way we went and uh, we landed in this tiny little bed and breakfast uh in a on a road called Ifley Road. Ifley sounds great iffy. Name. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I couldn't have written it and better myself. And you were right. Yes. Yes. So in our little apartment uh, in Ifley Road, which was really a hotel room, right. we had no television. It was just two twin beds, uh, a little slanting roof. We were at the top story. So um, it was a, a very romantic for, for an eight-year-old <laughs> Uh, annex type situation like a um, cubby house really yeah. for an eight-year-old yeah, yeah. And, and of course I'd grown up reading C.S. Lewis and so I was just looking for the the tunnel way to Narnia um, but one of the things that that happened when we moved is I was taken out of school so we we were doing homeschooling so there's there was a series of books um, but also mum would entertain me by reading to me and rather than reading uh, age-appropriate things or, or uh, reading uh, perhaps at level, she would read me uh, adult books. So um, I remember quite distinctly at that time, she was reading me Wild Swans. Wow. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's interesting because we used to have the audio book and when I drove my kids to school when we were in the Southern Highlands, it was a long drive, mm. And my kids were mesmerised. One was eight, Mm. one was 12. I mean, it creates creates a complete world. And as a a child who's grown up in Australia, in in Canberra, uh, the the world was completely uh, unrelatable, but but so beautifully rendered that I was was there. And and obviously it's it's also um, horrific in in the stories that that it describes but um, the foot binding and such were yeah, quite shocking weren't um, they mm. concubines mm. the the war and the military and and there's this this fire scene 
I'm remembering it from from that time, so I need so to reread it. But um, it was it was a, a really interesting foundation for yeah. books being um, an escape as well as my my main form of entertainment. And of course, I was actually a very shy child, so it was a, a really um, absorbing activity for me. Uh, I wasn't a boisterous sport playing kid uh, so it was it was just a way of exploring the world from that little so, tiny room in Oxford so <laughs> so yeah. would you say that you were an introvert in those days yeah I was I was incredibly shy in fact I was held back in kindergarten for being shy um, and I later skipped a grade um, academically but I was then I was equal but it was um it was certainly yeah I was I was timid uh in the extreme so books became your best friends really I suppose yeah Yeah. and I grew up my siblings were were a fair bit older than me so I have two half sisters so um Mm -hmm. from from another uh, father Mm -hmm. and they are uh, respectively eight and nine years older than me so they were in oh. a different phase of life we weren't peers they were very much more like uh, other parents so you were a bit like an only child mm, <laughs> somewhat I mean we're, we're close now we're all we're all adults and, yes. and I relish the role of auntie to their kids and it's we've moved into a different phase but at that yes. point as an eight-year-old you're not yes. really relating to someone who's a a teenager or or an adult it's yeah. it's a completely different and so thing. did you go to school um you were homeschooled and then did you come back to australia no, that, or I mean, what happened the, so the homeschooling was very temporary just while we were we were right. settling so i actually went to school in oxford for a year uh and and then we came back and just standard standard schooling really um but where did you go to school uh so i went to saint Clair's here my um, my grandpa paid for my schooling he was he was very much about education he grew up without education so he was intent uh, that I'd get a, a, a good education so that was a, a, the greatest gift really that that anyone can give someone absolutely. I think absolutely plus um, the love of reading <laughs> yeah yeah it it's it certainly I think it's it's one of those things where you read it opens the world you learn about people. It's it's not about the reading itself. It's about how it changes you and the world you live in. So it's mm. it's an expansive activity. I think mm. a lot of people perceive it as, as an inward activity, but it's it's not. I mean, I no, and I think that. the latest research, sociological research, is that um, fiction makes you more empathetic. Mm. And so, mm. yeah, it's yeah. a wonderful thing. So, so you finished school and what did you do after school? Uh, so I worked and travelled quite a bit for a year, uh, just explored. Ever since, you know, after, after travelling as a child, I was always interested in, in seeing the world, of course. Um, and then I studied, uh, I started in journalism studied that for a year and then I, I switched a little bit and, and went into marketing more. Um, so Did you have a great English teacher at school that you remember or, or was it just all the English that you loved? You know, I do remember a particular thing which happened in high school, which was that I got a B once. 
<laughs> in English. You were a straight A student, no, were you? No, I certainly wasn't. But in English, I, I took great pride in, in being able to be yes. the English nerd. And when I I received an assignment for which I received only a B, I was um, mortified <laughs> as, as only a teenage girl could be. Um, I, I remember distinctly standing at my locker with the tears welling and looking at this disgusting bee. And, um, and of course, that, that was a, an interesting moment, mostly because um, it, it really forced me to be more intentional about, about working rather than expecting the, the A's so, to come raining down from the sky. It was probably a really good lesson for you. Mm. And in retrospect... It means that you're a person who strives for the best, mm. which is a you know it's a driver. Yeah. Which, uh, mm. which well, the fact that it's stuck with me all these years uh, says to me that that was an important uh, an important lesson. Um, I think the thing with with my English teachers is I I do remember them and I remember being completely absorbed in the classes and and I remember very specific activities you know reenacting a scene from the Crucible. Uh, you know, doing a, a speech on Reef Park, or you know that yeah. there. I remember the assignments very well because that's I good. found them so interesting. Yeah. So I, I think it, and we had a really good system of of units which were mm. related to genres at that time, and I think mm. that enabled you to as it's very as similar a, today. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know because I'm not I'm not there now, but yeah. um, it sort of enabled you to go quite deep rather than trying to cover everything yes. a little bit. You know, we did a unit on speculative fiction, and that later became quite, quite a strong interest of mine. And then, as as you know, I later went on to make a, a film, which is very much in that genre. So, okay, mm-hmm. so let's jump back to so you you started doing literature or journalism, mm-hmm. and then went more to marketing. Mm-hmm. And what was the lure of marketing? Uh, well, look, I think it was. I wasn't actually that excited about marketing. Right. It was that I wasn't that excited about journalism. And I thought this is this is something where maybe there's a bit more flexibility. Yeah. So um, you were finding your way. Yeah, yeah. like I, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't particular about I'm I'm going to be this I knew I wanted to write. That was always there. But the path to that was really unclear. Mm. So while I was at uni, I'd be writing for the student magazine or presenting on the radio show or writing teenage poetry, of course, and uh, that was that was all part of it. But I wasn't particularly excited about marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so you finished your degree, and then and then what? Where did you go with that? So I went uh, straight after my degree. I I worked for a consulting firm. And it was a PR firm, and I was quite fortunate in Canberra. In Canberra, mm-hmm. yes, uh, that my one of my very first jobs was working on the National Multicultural Festival. Fantastic! Yeah, so okay. it was it was such a beautiful cultural event. Uh, nice. In that, it was focused on uh, music, art, literature, dance. The food was a a smaller component than it is now, uh, so it was it was such a, a wonderful way to 
learn new things and write about things and that was my first job so mm, that's uh, very fortunate yeah, write about things that matter yeah well I've, I've always thought they that that creative expression is is an important part of life it's it's what gives us connection um you know I can't I can't really use any words without sounding a bit trite but to me it's a, a really core value my yeah. mum my mum studied art so she used to drag me around galleries and what did your mum do she she was an artist so a visual artist so um when I grew up uh I often refer to my childhood as as smelling like turpentine because of the paintbrushes everywhere and these tubs of turpentine and paint and um always I'd, I'd wake up in the morning and mum would be sitting on the carpet sketching a banana peel with with charcoal and completely oblivious to having blackened fingers and and she's just completely absorbed in her art so mm. so for me art and creative expression were always um really mm. the fabric of of how how mm. life should be experienced or how mm. how it's most beautifully experienced so working on the multicultural festival was was um a, a dream start really and yeah. and I I was you know I moved into a, a cultural realm mm. often with my work and in public relations and that that has evolved to include um, so I worked on Celebrate Canberra and the Heritage Festival and uh, what I, I then went to Taronga Zoo in Sydney and that wow. was that was a massive learning experience as well and and since then, I've also worked on the Canberra International Film Festival. Uh, so it's it's been a a rich learning experience mm. because when you're in PR or marketing, mm. you have to become an instant expert in whatever subject you're working mm. on, mm. which means that you have to study deeply, learn fast, know something. You'll never be the artist who's performing the show, but you have to know enough to speak to a newspaper a journalist, for example. I've experienced that myself. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's, so what? Um, so from from the the multicultural festival, the film festival, how did you get to make a movie? Tell us yeah. about that. How did I get to make a movie? I was always I was always a movie watcher. I loved movies, and I I think it it came from the days just. Just a book on still uh, on yeah, yeah. steroids. It's, isn't it's it? such a relaxing thing. It's still my favourite thing to do if I'm feeling stressed is to watch a, a movie, uh, especially a movie in the cinema where no one can phone. <laughs> um, but when I was growing up, we had VHS tapes, so you'd actually get to know films very well because we might have only twenty to to pick from, and you'd watch them over and over and over again. So there were a few films from my childhood that I can recite word for word so I've always loved some of your favorite ones oh they're terrible because I grew up in the early 90s so horrible like really lowbrow clueless my girl I did I did also love the labyrinth um and because it's got some music in it as well which I love it and David Bowie if I mean, it's a combination of so many beautiful things. <laughs> How could you go wrong? So, um, yeah. So I, I think, and and my my grandparents, my grandpa was had a musical background. So when I'd stay with them, which I did quite a lot because I grew up in a single parent household, um, 
they would always put on musicals. So Singing in the Rain, Oklahoma, they, they were on repeat. In fact, Grandpa's favourite thing was to put on the Oklahoma medley and do a little two-step shuffle in the lounge room. So it was... <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. That's so correct. it was a, a rich a rich and varied um, past in, in films. But um, then I suppose it was a star-crossed lovers situation <laughs> in that uh, I met my partner, Che, uh, also known as Scott Baker. Um, Whom we have interviewed for this podcast. That's right. And he's... Quite an interesting character. He is. He is. Look it up. Um, so he and I actually worked uh, in a department. We were both on contracts at the same time, in the same place. And What um, department was that? The Department of Education, Employment and Workplace Relations. Right. So uh, I was, he was doing video, I was doing PR and um, we started dating. And then uh, he was offered a role on The Hobbit. Quite soon thereafter. It's a very interesting story. We yes. talked about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and The Hobbit was filming in Wellington, so I had this crossroad moment, uh, and I've lived my life fairly sensibly, but I think <laughs> I uh, I saw this person and I thought, well, this is this is going well. Let's try moving to Wellington. So he uh, pushed me over my over his shoulder, took me <laughs> on a plane, and we landed in Wellington. So. Um, after that, we started creatively collaborating on small projects, uh, a few commercial projects, and it would it would always be uh, us sitting in the lounge room at two in the morning before a shoot. What needs doing? Can you act? Can you write? Can you do this? Um, so so we really um, just became very compatible. Compatible, not compatible. <laughs> we became very compatible in terms of just creative bouncing and also. Uh, having a practical mindset when it came down to the day of the shoot, uh, and I think I think he and I are both very good at, at switching from personal brain to work brain. Mm. So um, at at it's just important when you work together. Certainly mm. is. Uh, so at at one point, uh, Che and his friend Dallas made a short film uh, for Lights Camera Action, and. At that point, uh, Che and Dallas were so enthusiastic about the story and the feedback that they'd received that uh, they decided it would be a good idea to embark on a feature film. And uh, <laughs> as you do, as you do, and they needed help, uh, and I wanted to write, so I said. Let me be part of your script writing process. Having never written a, a feature film script before, but uh, I, I liked where they were going with the story and I thought it's important to have a woman at the table as well. Uh, so then I was at the table and we wrote the script together. Should I fast forward four years? <laughs> and now we've finished the feature film. <laughs> and it's brilliant. <laughs> so we'll save that for another day. Let's get on to this writer's centre. <laughs> so so you were appointed last September? Late September. Late September. Yes. So about six months if we take out the Christmas break. That's right. Although you did work all over that. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Confessions. So so tell me how you see your role as the director of the ACT Writers' Centre. Well, the, the 
I guess it it comes down to what the centre's role is um, Mm -hmm. because my role is to keep the centre fulfilling its its role in the community and I I think the important thing is that a a writing centre belongs to its members. So my view on my role is to listen to what the community wants and to provide it as well as we can. Yes. Uh, so one of one of the challenges of any small not-for-profit organisation is is balancing different needs in the community. Mm-hmm. So we certainly have a, a quite clear approach to uh, organising the, the different kinds of writers and their needs as, as at least a fundamental way to, to organise our programs. So that's emerging or professional writers or beginner writers um, yes. in, in a, a very basic way of describing it. Yes. So uh, our programs span all of those sections of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and importantly, we're also launching a, a membership survey that, that spans members and non-members to assess where we're currently sitting in in the hearts and minds of of our community because, as you know, the writing industry changes, the culture changes, what the community needs and wants changes. So to me it's it's very important and and what my marketing background has prepared me really well for is to to listen first and respond effectively. As effectively as a great way to go. So that you're really, really relevant. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'll have you know I interviewed Marg Wade the other day, who's mm. the author of Canberra Secrets, and uh, she said that um, she was so grateful to the Writers' Centre. And she, she, you know, praises uh, the help she got when she first published her first book. She's on to her third now. Well, so that's lovely. It's lovely to hear, um, you know, people say that so tell me what would you like to say to the people who are not uh, a member of their local writers centre what uh, why should they join well I think a, a really important part of the publishing journey or the writing journey even even taking publishing out of the equation is developing your own community of support uh, and I think well I know that writers uh, can can work on their own a lot and writers centers are really um, vital way for, for writers to connect with people who are at a similar stage of writing or, or at the very least engaged in a similar kind of career so I think a, a really key component and, and a, a benefit of being involved in the writer center is that there are opportunities to build a community or join an existing community uh, so the the workshops um, that we run are, are an excellent education and, and they're certainly focused on specific skills mm-hmm. and that's a, a really important part of, of writing. Mm-hmm. But I know from my experience working on creative projects that, that having people around you to support you and build you and bounce ideas off is something that is very hard to, to develop and find on your own. So Absolutely. So I think the community mm-hmm. as well as the skills development works really well together. So. Mm-hmm. I see those components as, as very important uh, as for, for, for all writers' centres. Um, and, and certainly since beginning in this role, uh, I've been talking to the other centre directors. Um, we have a network 
of directors uh, and centres uh, in Throughout every state. Australia. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I think it's it's also um, interesting how much we have in common in that particular viewpoint. So, so I think yes, I think the local wherever you're listening to this, there will be a local writers' centre. We're in Canberra, of course, um, which is wonderful. <laughs> Thank and this you. is a wonderful, a wonderful centre. But needless to say, the other capitals also have fantastic, yeah. um, fantastic services. And in fact, in fact, I was up to the New South Wales Writers' Centre just recently, and they provided some amazing, amazing uh, training there too. Mm. Uh, it was a one-day non-fiction festival. It was fantastic. So, tell us about um, the highlights so far in this job. What what have you learnt so far that really, um, you know, uh, are, are up there in your memory? Well, I, I what think... What events or what, you So, know? I mean, one of, the, one of the real highlights of our program and certainly of my time here has been uh, the hard copy program. Uh, hard copy is a professional development program for emerging writers, uh, mm-hmm. so writers who, in a, who are in a, a serious stage of their craft, um, but perhaps they haven't been published yet and, and they're not represented by an agent. Um, so the, the beautiful thing about hard copy is it actually involves writers for a, a year of development over three particular weekends. Mm-hmm. So the first weekend is a, a manuscript development focus um, with a, a very well-respected editor. Uh, the second weekend is an intro to industry weekend and that it's just um, I arrived during that weekend when I started with the centre um, late last year and that weekend introduces writers to the business of being a writer. So yes. we had pres- presentations from experts in copyright and, and I mean national or international experts um, representatives from the Melbourne Writers' Festival, the director of the Melbourne Writers' Festival was there. Um, we had an agent uh, speaking about what makes a manuscript was Kimberly, exciting. Was no, not last year. Oh, it was a new one. Yeah, that's okay. Sorry. No. Um, Keep going. And, and the final weekend is uh, quite astounding. We have the top agents and publishers uh, from, from Australia of from different types of publishing houses and different types of agencies uh, coming to Canberra for a weekend and they actually have uh, meetings with participants to uh, to give feedback on their manuscripts, um, which is, you know, in, in the writing industry, it's such a rare thing to be able to sit down with, with a highly respected publisher and, and have that feedback and they're having these, these sessions with all of these people. Yes. Um, over the weekend so it's it's a really um, valuable deep program. development mm. program and and we have now an alumni because this is the fourth year we've run this program um, with funding from the Australia Council mm. and it, it now we have this community of, mm. of writers who have been through the program some of whom have been published some of whom who are represented some are working in literary festivals or organisations, so it's it's this um, immersion ever, into ever, the world of literary. Yeah, it is, and yeah. it's an ever growing, uh, you know, m- movement, I suppose, and mm. highly respected by by the people who've been involved. So, mm. certainly, hard copy 
is, is a real highlight for me and I think it's a real highlight for, for the centre and, and the people yeah. who are involved. And it's a national program as well. So we That's have fantastic. We've yeah. had participate pa- We've had participants <laughs> from all over Australia, and and that's that's also a really wonderful thing is is seeing what 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 we all have in common, yeah. um, and we we alternate between fiction and nonfiction as well. So it's it gives yes. writers across the genres the the chance yeah. to be involved. So yeah, it's um Good. it's quite astounding. And coming up this year, you've got lots and lots of things coming up. Yeah. What sort of um. So, uh, things have, have you got you've got lots of training and yeah so we have a, a regular workshop program uh, we also have a partnership with libraries ACT to present short workshops uh, yes. and we have recently which just is... released our new uh, magazine bite which is a complete reinvention uh, for us so the... and it is beautiful and it has the wonderful dame of literature and the um, patron of the ACT Writers' Centre, Marion Halligan, who is just so giving and so generous and so talented. Yes. So uh, we've just released that magazine, uh, so we will be having future issues. And the the big change with the magazine is that it's now a publishing platform. So uh, in the first issue, we've actually featured our award winners from late last year. Um, And so we have excerpts from... From a few local writers, which I think is a really wonderful way to promote their work uh, and and to get people Absolutely. reading as well, which is yes. a so the theme of our first magazine is reading. Terrific. <laughs> and is how many times a year will this come out? So we're planning two to three times, um, but that's that's dependent on a few factors at the moment. <laughs> yes, I, I guess. Um, in terms of writers' centres, they are not for profits. So That's right. So they are a bit. Um, uh, you're, you're dependent on a lot of um, donations. So yes, if you're that's a generous correct. author, you might be able yeah. to donate. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're really Plus. we're really about members. So uh, if if um, if you're thinking about becoming a member, have a look on the website and and uh, give us a call as well. Um, I guess the other thing that the centre does, which some people might not know about, is we do offer personalised advice, manuscript assessments, uh, invite a writer program, which means uh, people can go to libraries or, or schools and, and speak on their subject. So uh, we do actually offer a lot of uh, personal advice. So it's not all about uh, workshops. It, it can be that you've written a manuscript or you've written an outline and you want feedback so we can connect you with, with a well-established author and, and ensure that you're you're getting the sort of feedback you need. So, yeah, there's, yeah, there's always there's, a lot happening. I, I think the new magazine is fantastic. I'm just flicking through <laughs> it now and um, I'd like you to talk a little bit about um, the um, things that are in this magazine. So, ah, Well, this, we, we all... We also highlight upcoming opportunities that are outside of the centre. So uh, we have a fortnightly e-news that people can subscribe to, uh, which lists everything that's coming up. But in our magazine, we've highlighted some some particular uh, programs which are of interest to writers. So uh, the Lit Link Residential Fellowship 2017 uh, is a Varuna uh, accommodation fellowship and and a lot of writers out there would have heard of Varuna it's a very well respected residency program Um, that's currently open Uh, 
There's also publication opportunities. Scribe Publication is looking for submissions um, and unpublished manuscript awards. Um, mm. So there's a lot mm. of different kinds of opportunities that people can connect to through the Writers' Centre. And so. we are a prize-driven culture, so <laughs> I have to tell readers out there, you really should be entering competitions with your writing, yeah. short story. Yeah, and, know, and journals, journals as well. You know, we, mm. we often... Um, advertised for, for journals who are seeking submissions and there's some really beautiful journals out there um, that publish short works um, if you're a short story writer there's a lot of different different ways to publish or if you're building a, a longer form career and you might might write a short piece as well mm-hmm. um, it's a it's a really nice way to connect with people without necessarily writing that big book or publishing that big book just yet Yes, I mean, getting a platform and, and having writing in different places is always so wonderful. So congratulations on this magazine. Issue yeah, 1, you. March 2017. This is your first big contribution, I think. <laughs> <laughs> After just a few short months, I think that um, I've heard rumours that you're making wonderful changes. Ah, oh, so, thank you. So Keep it's... listening to those people. <laughs> So it's really, really good. Now, you did mention, um, so so the, the important message there is to at least, at the very least, subscribe to the newsletter so you get mm. all the information That's that comes right. out fortnightly. So writerscentre.org.au, ACT Writers. ACT Writers. <laughs> Let me do that Centre. again. ACTwriters.org.au. It's been a very long day. <laughs> That's oh. fantastic. So let's finish off about talking uh, talking a little bit about your writing. So ah. you've written for the film. Are yes. you writing anything else? Yeah. So I've um, I've written for all my life, one way or yes. another. But uh, in, in Canberra, I wrote for uh, quite a few local magazines. So I've written for Lip magazine when it was, when it was a hard copy. Uh, I wrote for BMA magazine. Um, I wrote for the UC magazine when I was there. And uh, I've, I've also had poetry published in, in books. Um, yes. So <laughs> I've written a lot, of, a lot of short yeah. form. But uh, I also have a, a finished manuscript, which is um, under development. It's, it's represented, but it's not yet published. So, uh, and I've got a second book in the works. Three quarters finished, I like to tell myself. <laughs> That's wonderful because yeah. this is, a, you know, this is quite a full-on job. You, Certainly you, is. We're sitting here after hours and I heard... Uh, a little bird told me that you're going to be here till nine or ten o'clock at night. So, so it's um it's not an easy easy feat to write on the side. But um, if you're a writer, you're you're absolutely into it, aren't you? That's absolutely, it. yeah. It's a it's a calling, and it's it's actually a way of of connecting with your other selves. So, mm. at the centre, I am I'm a particular self, and at home I'm a I'm a different self, and I yes. think it's it's a really uh, nice way to to relax in some ways. Um, but but there's no limit. We all so. have multi-dimensional personalities, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> some some of us dysfunctional, oh, well. which apparently goes with writing. But um, <laughs> so um, what are your? Uh, we need to finish up. I could talk to you for a long, long time, but. Um, we need to finish up. You've got other work to do. Um, for the future, what? Um, where would you like to see? Uh, is yours a two-year contract or three? Or how does it work? Well, it's it's permanent. 
permanent. So, right. It's, right. It's so I can ask you that question about in five years' time, five what, would years you like, time. <laughs> what would you like to, or even in three years' time, what would you like to see happening with the ACT Writers' Centre? I would like to see a robust and engaged membership. The way that will happen is yet to be seen. I'm getting clues. I'm speaking to a lot of partner organisations and I'm getting to know the members now. Uh, That might mean different types of events, theatre events, music events, writing. It might mean different kinds of workshops. Uh, I don't presume to know what our members want in, in their entirety yet. Um, but I'm certainly taking steps to find out. So um, I can't answer the question except to say that I'd love to see people excited about engaging with the Writer Centre and, and with their craft. Uh, I, I think there's there's nothing better than, than seeing someone who's fully engrossed in their calling and and everyone that works at the Writer Centre is, is fully committed to realising that. Mm. Uh, so. Most of the staff here have written or are writers themselves, mm. which is, you know, just a wonderful thing because um, if you're going to get advice from somewhere, it would be good to have advice from people who walk the walk the talk. Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and people who think it's a, an important thing to do. We, yeah. we value writing as, as part of our fabric. Yeah. So uh, it's, a, it's certainly a welcoming place. That's fantastic. I just want to say thank you very, very much, and um, we thank will you. be we will be following your your glorious path to <laughs> to the future for the right the blank wall. <laughs> and I'm sure that um, you're going to take this centre higher and higher. So oh, thank, thank you. you very, very much. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from www.aussiewriters.com.au and if you are a reader or a writer, then hop on over to our website and subscribe. Subscribe.